0: My name is Laura. I am the intern pastor here, at least for the next five weeks. And um, I just want to say uh, welcome. I'm really glad you're here. There's this section right here that next week I say we need to get filled. All right? I count maybe what, Frank, like 10 or so chairs. So if everyone grabs like one extra friend or buddy or family member, let's fill this area. Makes us pastors feel a little bit better that we're not preaching to an empty front row here. Um, Because being in fellowship Sunday mornings is always uh, a good thing. And uh, as we have continued to move into warmer weather, sands these past couple of days, um, we know that the storm season is upon us. And as uh, John mentioned in the announcement that we're collecting um, money and stuff to send down for Oklahoma and stuff, uh, we know those storms can be incredibly devastating. And as a church, it's a good time to come together, um, not only to um, respond by going down there, but to respond in uh, prayer to our brothers and sisters in Oklahoma, because um, those destructive storms can just take its toll on you, not just um, with homes or physical possessions, but it can just take a toll on your soul and we um, continue to pray for them. But we also remember um, that in times like these, God... Is our refuge and our strength, and He is always ready to help in times of trouble, and we have the honor and blessing of being His hands and feet to do that. And so we pray that God's love and grace will bring courage and strength uh, to the families affected, but also um, to the hands and feet that are going down there to serve. And we remember that this life is a gift, and it's a gift to always be cherished. And so as we have also um, here been moving and talking about healthy church, and this tree and these banners remind us of that. Um, we have talked about, see if you guys can list it off, what did we start with? We started with faith, and then we talked about families, because you guys are paying attention. Last week, I wasn't here, so you tell to help me out. We talked about friendships, that's right. And so, as we talked about that in the context of what it means as a church and as individuals, and today we move into a topic that, for some, can be a little sensitive. Um, and for some, we can go, what does that even have to do with my faith in Christ? What, what can my body, my, my physical body, have to do with my faith? What could b- God possibly have to say about my body, how I take care of it? And surely my body has no effect on this mission that we share to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. But it turns out God has a lot to say about it. And uh, we turn to the first part of Scripture in Genesis, um, because that's where it starts, right at the beginning in creation. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, um, I want you to open them up to the very first page. If you don't have a Bible with you, I see them lined up at the ends of the rows here. You can nudge your neighbor and say, Hey, friend, hand me down that Bible. Um, We're going to open to Genesis 1, very, very beginning. Okay, it might not be the first page. (laughs) And uh, down to verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In the 27th verse, in the very first story, talking about creation, God has something to say about these physical bodies of ours that they are in his image. It's a special mark. His image. The only part of creation that bears it. And Max Lucado, he's a Christian author, puts it this way. And then, as a finale to a brilliant performance, he made man. With his typical creative flair, he began with a useless mound of dirt and ended up with an invaluable species he called human. A human who had the unique honor to bear the stamp in His image. And just like that, we have been entrusted, not only with the care of the earth, but with the care of our bodies. Because how we choose to take care of ourselves does have an effect on the quality of life we have. And in today's culture, if you are like me, you can lose count of all the diet, fitness, exercise, Healthy eating plans, 10 ways to get fit in 10 days, Daniel plan. I mean, take your pick. There's, just Google it. There's like 20 million, gajillion pages on this stuff. And raise your hands if you're with me. It can just be overwhelming and discouraging, and you're like, what? Yes. See, thank you. I am not alone. That's awesome. But remember, it's not one size fits all. Let me repeat that. It is not one size that fits all. Eh, Yes, amen. (laughs) We are all unique, and um, some of us may have different concerns to take into consideration for what makes a healthy lifestyle, what limits we have, and so forth. But we probably all have some unhealthy habits. We like to sweep under the rug a little bit. I, for one, love junk food. It is really, I'm I'm not kidding. I love chocolate. I love Chinese takeout. I I will admit, it's all right. Tiffany told me there's grace this morning. I had gas station breakfast this morning on my way here. I had to get gas. I ran in, got the super sugary coffee, got like the little pretzel McMuffin thing. So there's grace. There's plenty of it. Amen again. And I can definitely get that, wait for it, feeling of, I I don't want to work out. Sorry, running group. Or, I don't want to eat right. And I'm sure we all share that feeling. But underlying all of that, there's a trick. It's to begin with the fact that God loves us right here, right now. Nothing is ever going to change the fact that we are created in his image and that he loves us. There's another side to that. If we know anything about God's love, it's that he loves us enough to want what is best for us, and that he loves us where we are, but he wants to take us to where our potential is, both in our hearts and for our bodies. Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection wasn't just for our hearts, it was for our bodies as well. Let's take, think of it this way. Jesus tells his disciples in the crowd in John 10 that he is a good shepherd. Now, he wouldn't be a very good shepherd if he didn't make sure that his sheep were properly fed and watered. And the same is true for us. And in that same passage, Jesus continues on to say, we're going to read this together up on the screen, that my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. Let's read that again. My purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. Meaning that Jesus wants both our hearts and our bodies to be free to enjoy the life that he offers through faith in him. And I am not saying that it is easy to change unhealthy habits into healthier ones. In fact, it's it's incredibly hard. And it can be... An uphill journey for a lot of the way. But the gospel is that transformative power that gives us the strength to look at where we are at and to ask for God's help to do the work. Now you might say, Pastor Laura, what does doing the work mean? It simply means looking at the season of life that you are in and saying to God, God, where are you calling me to be healthier? And I I want you to hear me on this one. It's not, it is not a guilt trip. It is an honest look at ourselves, figuring out where God is calling us and just trusting the Spirit to lead us there. And it's just asking ourselves, you know, this is where God is calling me, what what am I going to do about it? And discerning this prayer is no different than any other discipleship task we embark on. It can just be as simple as deciding to go for a walk after dinner, deciding not to eat out as often, or giving up our particular food, say, potato chips. Hey, you got to love that salty snack. And let's look at Daniel from our reading today. Now, this isn't Daniel in the lion's den, but Daniel in the king's court. Now, Daniel had a choice. He could be faithful to God in what he ate, even though he was being pressured to eat like the other men in the king's court, the rich food, the wine. He's kind of crazy, and he says, no, just give me veggies and water, I'll be good. But by being faithful to God and what he ate and how he took care of himself, he was able to show the others around him the power of God. So in a way, Daniel's choice in diet and how he took care of his body became how he witnessed to the king's court The power and faithfulness of God. What our reading today tells us is how we take care of ourselves, it matters. For Daniel, it was his diet. What is it for you? It can be downloading an audio Bible and again, taking one of those walks in the morning. What are the physical activities you already enjoy doing? Grab a friend, do it together. Enjoy that time of fellowship. And again, as John mentioned in the announcements, we do have a running group if you enjoy running. Um, We do run Saturday mornings, or we will once the weather finally agrees with us. Um, We meet up Saturday mornings, and uh, we'll take a route through the city and uh, enjoy the time of exercise and fellowship. Because at the very core of this is living into the freedom that the gospel gives us, and being able to give the best of who we are to each other because of what God has done for us. Because being physically healthy means that we have the energy to be active participants in God's kingdom. The stronger our physical bodies are, the freer we are to jump into living a life of mission that we talk about so often here at Hope Des Moines. But we can do all of that. We can do our best to eat right and exercise. We can do the work. We can put in the effort. We can write out a plan and follow it. We can have a couple buddies buddies that, that hold us accountable, that we do our physical activities with. But what happens when we look in the mirror and we struggle with what we see? What if we can't see that we are created in God's image? and that in his eyes, we are precious, we are beautiful. For you gentlemen, we are handsome. One of the promises of the gospel is that we, broken and sinful as we are, are always invaluable and priceless to God because his love is greater than anything that this world is going to tell you about yourself. You are completely invaluable to God because he created you he gave you his image you bear that image and he made sure to send his son for you so that you know how much you are loved and how much you are treasured by the god of the universe when i was preparing this sermon came across karen's story and i wanted to share it with you because of her faith but also because of the joy and confidence that that faith produces. Let's take a look. Okay, the clip didn't go all the way to the end like I thought it would, but she goes on to say we take things for granted, um, herself included and stuff, but that she remembers that she is created in God's image, and um, that is a special and, and holy thing. And... Um, as I w- was watching her story, I, uh, it made me think of this passage in 2 Corinthians. Um, so let's take out our Bibles yet again. Make sure you all are with me. Uh, um, if you're in the Abundant Life Bible, it's um, page 884. If you have a different Bible, um, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And this is what Paul writes. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. And this passage made me think of Karen and her story because for Karen, what's more important is that she is a child of God and that... God loves her, and that God's power is living inside of her because of the gospel. And for her, that is far more important than the clay jar and the physical body that the world sees. So, so far, we have been talking about the healthy body for us as individuals. But what about the church body? All of you guys sitting collectively in fellowship this morning. We are, after all, the body of Christ, and this body needs to be healthy as well. How, as a church, are we building our gospel muscles? How well are we living out the great commandment to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, minds, and soul and strength, and our neighbors as ourselves? How well are we reaching out to the world around us to share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ? The more we work towards sharing the gospel, praying with and for each other, and doing acts of service together, whether it's for our neighbors, each other, um, whatever that looks like, the stronger our muscles will become. So I spent a lot of time this year um, working with with kiddos. And kiddos from like the age of three all the way up to the age of about uh, 16, I'm looking over at Jody here, because she's our KQ children's leader, and we spent time working together um, with our great kids here. I also did stuff um, at Divorce Care for Kids in the Landing over at the West Des Moines campus. But I want to talk about a memory here. And it was Christmas. You remember this, Jody? (laughs) So we had, what, about seven, eight kids in our Christmas pageant. They were playing bells. And if any of you have kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, Kids, bells, rehearsal, difficult time. But it was worth it. We um, brought them down here and they did their pageant with the bells and they were great. They had a great time up here, even though it got a little crazy. But as I was watching them, I was looking at the parents and I was looking at the joy on their faces. There's this pride, there's this, this happiness, this excitement, like, hey, that's my kid up there. And... For some of the parents, their kid had never been in a pageant. Their kid had never been up performing something. And they had, some of the moms, they had tears in their eyes. And it was that moment that I was like, we nailed it. We, we've shared the gospel. We have spread joy in just this little Christmas pageant with these five, six, seven-year-olds, you know, trying to play their bells to this song. And I'm like, we as a church got it right that morning. Our spiritual muscles were being built because as a family, as a body, we were able to share a moment of joy and a moment of praise. And now I'm looking over here at Pat because um, we mentored together, and Mike's here too somewhere, Uh, we mentored together here at Hubble through our mentoring program, and we just had our celebration party on Wednesday. And as mentors, I mean, we, we worked with some kids who not always had the happiest home situations, you know, they kind of struggled in school a bit. They might have had behavior stuff, but we spent the school year building a relationship with them, investing in them for one hour a week. We'd come here over lunch or breakfast. Um, We'd hang out with them. I got to play recess. Come on, I think everyone should get a recess. Um, My little boy, his name was Kenton, and I loved every moment that I got to spend with him. And I'm sure if you talk to any of our mentors, they'd say the same thing. But you can't always see the fruit, um, because you only see them for one hour a week. You don't you know, always know what's going on the rest of the week. Um, but seeds were sown, and it might have been the smallest moment. Um, I remember I, I'd walk into the classroom, and Kenton would run across and give me this big hug, because so I was there on Wednesday morning. Or, and I'm sure there's lots of stories like that. Or it was a smile. Or... You know, it was just that moment at the party, they might have said, thank you. Um, Muscles being built. Relationships being formed. Investment in somebody else growing. And even if we can't see the fruit, because muscles take a while to build. It takes time, whether we're working for it physically or we're working for it spiritually. It just takes time to get stronger, to produce fruit, to see your results. But there is someone who sees every ounce of work, who sees every bit of effort, and that's our Father in Heaven. And I'm pretty sure that when a smile is shared, when joy is passed on, when someone is prayed for, that there's a smile that comes across God's face. And He knows that His kingdom, bit by bit, continues to break into our world. So I ask you, where are some of your passions for here? Where do you think some of your gifts are? Next year, it might be mentoring. It might be volunteering for KQ or serving breakfast or getting up here and reading the scripture, being an usher. Am I leaving anyone out, Brianne? Um, It doesn't matter what it is. It matters that you enjoy doing it and you do it because we're one body working together on this crazy mission to spread the gospel and to share our faith. Because when we share our gifts and we engage one another in the kingdom, as we engage the stranger, our neighbor, as we slowly work to make God's kingdom here on earth more visible, amazing things will happen. So whether it is our individual bodies or the larger body of Christ, how we take care of it matters. It's important. There's this churchy word to describe it. It's called stewardship. And if you have heard that word before, then you might associate it with money. And in some cases, that is what it means. But for our purposes this morning, it means something a little bit different. Stewardship means that we take care of the gifts and the things that God has given to us. What has God given to us? He has entrusted our bodies to us from the creation story in Genesis till this very morning, and he has commissioned the gospel to us. God has assigned us the mission to share his grace and love with others. He has basically appointed all of you, myself included, stewards of his kingdom here on earth to take care of it in this life, to nurture it, to strengthen it, to build it. So my sister-in-law is pregnant, and she is pregnant with twins. I have uh, two nieces coming on the way in, the, in a few weeks here, and I'm very excited um, to meet them. It'll be uh, quite, quite the adventure for, for my parents having three little granddaughters. Um, but I, I bring that up because pregnancy, as, as odd as this might sound, I want you to stay with me on this one, is as close of an example of stewardship as I can think of. It's the best example because there is this joy in it and there is this great responsibility. When you're pregnant, according to my sister-in-law, you, you, know, you have to get your rest. Um, you have to make sure to take care of yourself. You know, don't overexert yourself. Make sure you eat the right foods, get enough water. You know, make sure your, your husband is, you know, has a to-do list and stuff. The, the yes, honey, I will do that. you got to do all that. And in the same way, we have to take care of our own bodies. We take care of the mission we share. You know, we, we work to keep it healthy. But there's this innate joy in it because there's this life growing inside you. And for us, there is this life in the kingdom that grows as well. And just as the child inside of you will... Well, my son, my sister, not all of you... Just as her little daughters were bear her image, the image of my brother, we collectively, as individuals, as this church, bear the image of God. We bear the image of Christ in us through the gospel, and there is so much joy in that. There is just so much hope, and that joy and responsibility—it takes a lifetime. It demands our lives, and with this joy and responsibility. There is this promise of a life lived with a Savior that will walk with us, give us strength and courage, and most importantly, loves us unconditionally. unconditionally. So this morning, I'm going to leave you with a promise that Jesus gives us. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I am them, will produce much fruit. This morning, Jesus is inviting us to be his branches, to grow into the freedom of a rich and satisfying life, to experience fully what it means to live as healthy kingdom stewards, bearing God's image. Let us stand and sing.